guys. Welcome back to my Steps to Sobriety, my show on YouTube and as a podcast with me, your host, Stefan Neff. Today is another fantastic day for an interview. I know, I keep saying that. I, I promise one day I will have another intro, intro line. But it is <laughs> such a beautiful day. It is a day where I got up early and I really didn't want to get up. And it was that kind of eternal struggle. But then I thought, nah, I've got another fantastic guest on my show. And I'm actually really looking forward to that. And indeed, today I've got Cheryl Iloff with me. Cheryl is a woman who is the true femininja, the a woman who became uh, from from a normal normal woman turning into the reluctant warrior. And I love that. I love that. She has written two books about her journey, and she is living a life in which movement and martial arts play such a significant role that they that she is really embodying the 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 power of movement uh, and using it in such a powerful way to undo the changes that maybe trauma and maybe stress can leave on us and so therefore i'm so excited to actually hear her her story and learn from her how can we incorporate movement in a as a more natural part of our life gerald i'm so excited to have you on my show welcome thank you stefan it is an honor to be here truly mm -hmm. and we had before the uh, before the operation yes uh no <laughs> i haven't yet operated on her no goodness gracious uh, before the interview i we had this discussion about your name cheryl i love versus cheryl uh, Ilov. um so i obviously want automatically to use the, the the slavic pronunciation um so if you hear it both ways cheryl i love is is really cheryl's trademark um out there so i will uh, i might use both uh so please guys forgive me for that it's just both things sounds so nicely but i obviously as a german i'm i'm proud of this this kind of european slash slavic mm -hmm. heritage uh and i like to pronounce the names as they were given i have and, to tell you stefan i'm rather proud of it myself ah beautiful um you are a woman of many talents and certainly oh, a woman you. that you don't mess around with and if there's any doubt um you just need to look behind yourself um in this beautiful beautiful uh weapons rack um obviously sharp edged weapons are close to your heart i haven't met many women that join my fascination with <laughs> knives and swords etc you need to tell me how did it all come about what was your journey into martial arts Oh, well, it was a slow burn, so to speak. Um, I started my martial arts journey at the tender young age of 47, but I did not go willingly. And I want the audience to really understand that martial arts was something that was never on my radar. Um, it was never anything I ever wanted to do. And it was certainly something that wasn't in my DNA. I'm a fussy girl, and I'll be the first to admit it. I like the finer, more delicate things in life. I like tutus and toe shoes, Pilates and pedicures. 
I'm a girl. Those are the things that I really like. And so martial arts just really never fit into my plan. But the fascinating thing is my father, who was originally from the former Czechoslovakia, uh-huh. um, was a martial artist. He was, had a black belt in, in karate, the traditional, I think it was kendo, um, karate. And I have four sisters, so my father, I think that's probably why he started training, you know, number one, to get out of the house, and number two, to, um, you know, help protect his girls, which he really shouldn't have had to worry about that, because he was a big man and pretty scary, even without the um, the martial arts background, so much to the point that we really didn't date much growing up, you know, everybody knew my father, it was a small town, um, but anyway, It just was one of those things that the universe puts in front of you. um, And it all started with me meeting a man. Doesn't everything. Actually, he was an acupuncturist. And he was somebody I had never met before. But one of my own clients, one of my physical therapy clients had recommended this guy to me. He says, she says, you know, you would love him. He does something called shiatsu, which is a form of Japanese massage. And I thought, well, okay. She, she was somebody I would trust because I knew she was very selective in picking her caregivers. So I go to this guy for the very first time and, you know, he seemed harmless enough and nice enough. And the minute he started putting needles in my legs, he got a very far away look on his face. And he said, you know, with your legs and my coaching, I could teach you how to kill with these things. Now, how to turn a girl on? I'm. I mean, <laughs> talk about pickup lines. That's a new one. That's really funny because every man that I tell this story to will automatically go pickup line, and so I think they kind of even write it down. You know, saying maybe I'll use that one someday. But I mean, I, I was shocked. All I could think of, Stefan, was who in the their right mind thinks like this, let alone says it out loud. And I thought, I need to grab my purse and run. But of course, I was literally pinned to the table. <laughs> and unless I wanted to run out the door with needles sticking out all over me, the man had a captive audience. So I just looked at him as he kept going on and on about wanting to teach me how to kill with my legs. I said, you know, I'm really not interested. Thank you for thinking of me. But this is never going to happen. Never, ever going to happen. Well, then every time I would go to his um, office for for sessions, now his dojo, his martial arts school was right next to his clinic. So it was kind of like a um, a duplex. So I would see, you know, them the guys coming in and out and stuff as I was waiting for my acupuncture session. And then he would come in just full of energy about his martial art. And he would just talk about it endlessly, incessantly. And I just wanted the man to shut up leave the room, let the needles do their work, and just let me relax for a little while. Well, he never stopped talking about the art of the ninja. It's called Nimpo Taijutsu. And, you know, it, I even thought about looking for a new acupuncturist because he was so annoying. But he was so good at what he did. And there was something about him I really liked. And it was obvious that he he liked me. And so I kept going back to him. But what he did not know is that I had a deep, dark secret. That just four months prior to meeting him, I had had a traumatic experience. 
And like a lot of people who've had traumatic experiences, when I tried to report it and I tried to get help, instead of getting help and empathy and okay, action steps, this is what we're going to do. We're going to report it. We're going to do this. Then we'll get you some help. I just got shut down, even by the people who were closest to me. Started with my very best friend. Oh, Cheryl, that cannot happen. You're making it up. You're exaggerating. Mm -hmm. And I got this from every single person that I tried to talk to. So then what do you do? You stuff it, right? You stop talking about it. You paste a big fake smile on your face and you pretend that everything is just fine. And that works um, short term until eventually it all just comes like blah you know, pouring out of you. And that's basically what happened to me uh, about um, a year, almost a year and a half after it happened. And, you know, as I said, nobody would listen to me. Everybody was just telling me I was making it up. I was attention seeking. I was looking for money, you know, whatever, you know, a settlement. And it's like, I just want to get help for myself and to help protect other women who may have found themselves in that situation. Well, the one person that I thought I really could talk to was my acupuncturist. His name is Mark. Everybody loves Mark when they hear his story. You know, it's like, hey, I'm the star of the show here. But I went to him. I intuitively knew that he wouldn't shut me down. I intuitively knew that he would listen to me. And he did. And then he started treating me um, with, you know, more acupuncture and Chinese herbs and stuff to help with the symptoms of PTSD and help calm my nervous system down. But then his campaign to get me on the mat went into high gear. And this man was like a dog with a bone. He wouldn't stop. <laughs> and I was like a dog with a bone going, I'm not going to do it. I don't understand how hanging around a smelly dojo with a bunch of sweaty men is going to make me feel better. And he says, you don't understand the incredible healing power in martial arts. And I'm going, well, not do I not understand it. I just didn't believe it. You have to give him credit. And I still do. I mean, we're, of course, still friends and stuff, great friends to this day. He never gave up. He just hounded me and hounded me until I finally broke down and said, okay, I will take a few classes just to prove to you how much I am going to hate it. <laughs> I hate it when I'm wrong. Oh, oh my gosh. I am. I think one of my greatest characteristics is my incomparable stubbornness. And thank goodness he was at least as stubborn as I am, maybe even more so because he never gave up. Well, I didn't hate it. I fell in love with the art. I fell in love with the training. And I really fell in love with a sense of empowerment that I got from training. And 10 years later, I became my teacher's first female black belt. <laughs> Oh, beautiful. Oh, beautiful. Mm -hmm. And it's just... In, in, in 20 years time, he never had a woman achieve such a high rank. <laughs> it's interesting uh, because mm -hmm. the martial arts that you chose are not renowned for um, their gentleness. Uh, this is not a dance like Aikido or a, um, a more slow movement such as Tai Chi. Um, 
nothing to say against Steven Seagal um, and and his <laughs> skills in 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 Aikido. Aikido you can use for self defense, but you need mm-hmm. to be way 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 down the line. Um, mm-hmm. Ninjutsu um, mm-hmm. or variations of the ninjutsu. Well, the ninjas were deadly assassins. So there is no molly coddling there. You, you know, you're either dead or not dead. That was the outcome of an assassination. Yep. And most of the time, they were actually quite good in what they did. Mm-hmm. So here you were, this this girl the, and girl at heart. When I say girl, girls go for me till 80, okay? 85, yes, I, something like I that. I love that. <laughs> exactly. Because maybe then girls do grow up. But uh, until... <laughs> <laughs> Looking at my wife, there's still lots of work to be done. She's a girl. <laughs> no, I can't okay. stop that chauvinistic swine talk. Um, oh. No, here you are, a, a woman who, who likes more the feminine side. Mm-hmm. What attracted you to ninjas or to nothing? To I mean, nothing. It was let's I literally re- had to be forced onto the mat let's, by Mark. Let's rephrase. Let's rephrase. Okay. What was so attractive once you were in that smelly boy germ infested macho place yeah Yeah. well um i do have to confession is good for the soul or so they say so i do have to confess that i do really like men uh, um, a lot (laughs) (laughs) however (laughs) i I did not want to be the only woman surrounded by men in this smelly, sweaty dojo with testosterone pouring down the walls and pooling on the floor. And that's basically what happened. Mm -hmm. And even Mark had told me I was concerned. I said, "Okay, I'll try a few classes, but I really don't want to be the only woman in class. Oh, no, I have plenty of female students. And even some of them are higher ranking. They will take you under their wing. They will teach you the art of the ninja. You have nothing to worry about. So apparently either he mm, kind of exaggerated a bit or wasn't 100% honest. But then, you know, I had my own responsibility. In all of those three years that I'd been seeing him for acupuncture, I never once saw a woman going in and out of the dojo. And I saw all the guys. But my very first class... Not only was I the only woman in class, I was the only woman like in a three mile radius. And so there I was, this traumatized, terrified, broken, beaten down, middle-aged ballerina standing in a room surrounded by what I considered at the time, like these, you know, cavemen, you know, these Neanderthals, whose goal was basically to try fine, slap me around, beat me up, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I had no idea what to expect, none whatsoever. Um, But anyway, it worked out all right. They were very polite. They were very gracious, the men. And I was terrified for that first class. Not only was I terrified for that first class, when I continued to train one month later, three months later, six months later, two years later, even, I would still be terrified at the thought of going to the dojo because I knew something could always go wrong. But I always went. And every time I walked out, even after that very first class, that very first class, I giggled the entire way home when I was driving. And trust me, I had not giggled in a very long time. Ah, how beautiful is that, isn't it? Because that was a a triple win. First of all, Mm -hmm. you showed up. 
and with that you showed you demonstrated your perseverance and your your willingness to jump over your own shadow now that mm -hmm. takes a lot uh secondly you were fighting the demons of the negative talk in there that's a heap of rubbish no 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 no. Mm -hmm. let's rather have a pedicure a manicure or whatever cure um yes. that will make you feel much better so you beat that voice mm -hmm. and then you learned a new skill which therefore mm -hmm. actually enriched you leave alone the sheer fact that there is in in many of the martial arts is quite a spiritual component and a component that allows you to tap into the parasympathetic nervous system which then in Absolutely. turn starts yeah. healing and that is yeah. the beautiful thing so you did that all and that is a huge achievement wow thank you well done thank you, you. And now here I am, I've got to give credit to the, as I call them, the many magnificent men in my life, because there are a lot, as I said, I do like men. I am married, so guys out there, don't get excited. Um, but once I got used to them, because I didn't even know how to communicate with men at that Thanks. point, because I, I had been married for 17 years. I hadn't had any close male friends since college. Um, you know, the only close male friends I had, I had a few in ballet class, but it's a completely different kind of energy in ballet class than there is in martial arts. And there aren't nearly as many men in the ballet class as there was in the dojo. So I didn't even know how to communicate with them. And they're looking at me like I had just landed from Mars because they never had a woman. We didn't have a whole lot of women in the dojo, obviously. There were a few, but I never saw them. They always took the evening class. But they never had a woman show up who would have to excuse herself and step off the mat to go fix her lipstick or, you know, comb her hair. And it was like, I'm trying to beat you up here and you, you can't leave. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I need a lipstick fix. And so they're looking at me like I was insane. And then when they would try and attack me, now you probably know this from your understanding and your experience in martial arts, but as a new student, the first thing we learned was how to get out of the way of an attack, mm. how to evade, mm. evade, you know, escape. And I was so good at it, Stefan. The minute one of the guys just made a move toward me, I would throw my gi top over my head and run screaming off the mat going, don't touch me. So, I mean, I, I was kind of like the comic relief. And they would get so annoyed and they would look at Mark, my sensei, and they'd say, hey, she's cheating. You know, she won't let me attack her. And he would just shrug his shoulders and say, she got out of the way. And that's the whole point. Love it. Love it. Love it. Because a good martial art, uh, and it, it's it's a funny word. I actually hate the word martial arts. Yes, mm. for us who are practicing them, for us, it is these are arts. These are these are so much more than, than pure, harsh self-defense. Mm -hmm. But um, it is ultimately, where did I want to go? I've got so many thoughts, so many questions I want to throw at you. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> well, I, I think you were getting toward like, you know, the martial arts and how everybody might think that it's like fighting and, and conflict. Yeah. Is Sorry, that where you're heading? You. Yes, yes, absolutely. Thank you. It, it's spooky that you can read my mind. You need counsel. I'm a ninja. Uh, what do you expect? Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. You're so right. And I like men. <laughs> Fair call. <laughs> Maybe I was an easy target here. <laughs> I think the reality, what I was pointing out to, is 
the the best martial artists uh, avoid a fight and mm -hmm. and that is exactly what i became very good in de-escalation uh and mm -hmm. dealing with an opponent to prevent mm -hmm. actually a fight going ahead or predicting mm -hmm. uh, having the the situation and awareness to not putting myself mm -hmm. into a situation where a fight might occur so mm -hmm. these are the key skills so you we were already trained in that so there you were voting with your feet <laughs> Um, okay, number one, that's not bad, actually. But equally, mm -hmm. you had a ballet training, which means typically mm -hmm. you, you sort of you do the human pretzel. Come on, take, take my ear, yeah, scratch my ear with my little toe. Okay, um, exactly. that kind of shit. Um, mm -hmm. And that makes you that makes you a small lady which are more difficult mm -hmm. to actually deal with. For anyone who's fighting out there, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Little ankle biters. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly, yeah, this is, by the time I swing a roundhouse kick, you're, well, where'd she go? <laughs> no, no. Yep. <laughs> so, no, 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 no. There is, you actually had some advantages, uh, huge mm -hmm. advantages, actually, in a fight, mm -hmm. because everyone mm -hmm. will belittle you and everyone will say, mm -hmm. a little girl there. Yes, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, let's get back to these magnificent men in my life. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> once, once I started, once we, we, you know, because I was looking at them like they came from Mars and they're looking at me like I'm from Venus, which of course that's, you know, kind of how the male, uh, female relationships are. We got to be really good friends. It took about six months, but some of the guys, you know, we, we just got to be very, very close friends. And as, as probably after about the six month mark, when I, I did get my second belt, and um, they realized, okay, so she's somewhat serious about this and she might be hanging around for a while. They start to pull me aside and give me little tips and little tricks. And they actually started to tap, in, tap into my, my feminine spirit and teach me how to use my femininity and my feminine wiles and my natural sneakiness, which I've had all my life, to use that with an opponent. And I was like, I think you're onto something here. So anytime, you know, by this time I was starting to get closer and closer to them, um, I wouldn't run off the mat screaming, but I would just start with looking at them when they would come and approach me and I'd give them the great big eyes. And it was like, okay, don't hurt me. I'm remember, I'm just, I'm, I'm small. I'm frail. I'm a helpless little middle-aged lady, so please, I know. And I milked it, Stefan. You know, besides, if you hurt me, you know, Sensei will kill you. You know, and I did, we did all of that, and they were just like, okay, okay. Now, by this time, I had some skills. So it'd be like, they would start the attack, and it'd be, boom, boom. Sorry exactly. about that. <laughs> and I love them to death. They were such slow learners and it worked every single time. It, it worked for probably like two years. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, people realize that they have been had. And that's okay. But this, <laughs> this is life. This is life. Yeah. Because this is not... The, life is not about going into a ring and there are little girls who are right. or boys, it depends on the ring, yes. uh, who have got little, okay, round one, right. three minutes. No, yeah. any fight that lasts longer than five seconds is actually a waste of energy. So yeah. therefore, and this would be very much a type of, of, of self-defense or mm -hmm. martial arts that you practice. So I absolutely mm -hmm. love that. And mm -hmm. again, you were taught to redevelop or develop those 
innate skills. They were already mm-hmm. sitting in there, but they were dormant. Mm-hmm. And now you suddenly mm-hmm. were able to tap into powers that were lying within you that you had no idea. And, that and you know been- what, Stefan, and this might not surprise you, I'm sure it won't, but there were times, especially as I was getting higher in the rankings, that my own power frightened me. And even to this day, it's like, I feel like, you know, when it's really rising to the top, you know, it's like, I wonder what I would be capable of if I really just let it rip. And that's something I really don't want to know. But, you know, I know it's there. And even as you said, like at the very beginning, you know, the ninjas are known for being assassins. And we we really kind of like that because then people are less likely to mess with us. But actually the heart of the, we have the heart of the warrior within us, you know, as ninja. And we work on, as you already said, the spiritual aspect of it is growing our spirit. Um, And our spirit is, you know, our gaman, our composure, our skills, our philosophy, our commitment to our art, and our commitment to everything else in life. And the warrior spirit has, it's a very compassionate heart. It is a heart that um, craves peace and harmony. All we want to do is to be able to take care of ourselves, our families, our community, our environment, and to help take care of other people who might not be able to take care of themselves to be able to step in and protect them. The last thing in the world that we want is is a fight. We don't want conflict. We don't want aggression. And being the peace lovers that we are, we'll just step back and say, no, I don't want to do this. You know, no, please don't cross that boundary. Blah, blah. No, I, I really please. And then once they cross it, it's like, okay, I said not to do this, please. And then it's game on. <laughs> so true. So true. And it is, it's actually quite bizarre because the more you learn how to do damage and how to even kill, let's call it what it is, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the more you appreciate life and yes. the more you appreciate um, the power that mm-hmm. you have got. Mm-hmm. And it is a beautiful thing. There's a, there's a nice saying, I'm better a warrior in the garden than a gardener in a war. And mm-hmm. I strongly, strongly believe that. The reality is mm-hmm. violence will find you. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter if you like it or not, if you're ready or not, violence will one day invade your life. We know mm-hmm. from the statistics of rape and sexual, sexual abuse, mm-hmm. one in three women will have been raped or attacked or mm-hmm. sexually abused. One in seven men. Okay, mm-hmm. and that's just the sexual abuse side of things. We are not mm-hmm. talking about the um, the maybe domestic violence, the other violence yeah. that we see in our lives. So I think it is it is very wise to actually consider the risk of being attacked one day and maybe, just maybe, even finding solutions to that before it happens. Mm-hmm. And for me, it is, I was I was attacked by a gang prior to that. I only knew martial arts from, from Bruce Lee in, in the pictures and that was about it. Mm-hmm. Having said that, a, a month, not even a month after my, my assault, I was standing the first time in the dojo and mm-hmm. I learned... Um, probably something equivalent to you, but we didn't call it ninjutsu. It was called jujutsu at that time. <laughs> and it was uh, the, the German version, which was an artificial system that was created out of judo, karate, and aikido. The mm-hmm. best the best things taken out mm-hmm. by law, uh, law enforcement and soldiers 
uh, they combined mm -hmm. it into a system that was actually highly effective and very good. Mm -hmm. And as with many of these systems, they could be uh, adapted. You could mm -hmm. adapt them to your own skills, abilities, but also to the mm -hmm. scenario. Doesn't matter if it was a 15 year old trunk who needs to be gently restrained by a policeman, mm -hmm. or if it was on the battlefield, uh, a soldier who's fighting for his life, you could use the same system, same with ninjutsu. Mm -hmm. And it was beautiful for me that we actually called violence for what it was. Here's someone attacking you. Prior yeah. to me being attacked, I would have thought, nah, attacking, what is yeah. that? And you have sort of funny visions. But once mm -hmm. you are actually the first time and a recipient of physical violence, it will never leave you the same again. Mm -hmm. How did your PTSD behave once you started going to the dojo? Did did your emotions get worse? Did the anxiety get worse? But at the same time, you told me already you were giggling on the way home. Yeah. Um, so how did your emotions deal with suddenly confronting violence as a so-called nonviolent woman? Um you know, I wonder if maybe I've always kind of had a violent streak in me. <laughs> I, I, I wonder about that now. And especially, you know, my my oldest sister, I am number three um, out of five girls. And my mom had three of us, the three older girls in four years. So we we're very close in age. But of course, I was physically so much smaller, not necessarily you know, for my age, not because I was younger than the two of them. Mm -hmm. But my oldest sister in particular, she just used to drive me crazy. And I had this, you know, oh, I would, it was terrible. And I knew that I'd get my butt kicked, but I couldn't help it. She would annoy me so much. I remember running across the room and just jumping on her and be like having the same effect as a cat on a bear. And then of course she would start pummeling me. And, and so that was my, you know, early childhood, you know, relationship with my sister. And it was nothing, you know, weird. It was just siblings fighting. So I think I always had a little bit of that, that natural, um, you know, self-protection. I don't know. But in the dojo, it's really interesting because we always started, you know, the, the skills are very deadly, which is why we start so slowly and we start with very simple movement patterns. Mm -hmm. And I really have to, um, you know, give a hat tip to my sensei and his sensei who, you know, started this small federation of um, NIMPO that the, the emphasis was always on safety. The emphasis is always on quality of movement and what you were trying to accomplish in responding to an attack and how to counterattack. But it was always just not about let's fight. It's about let's explore this movement pattern. Let's see what your body can do and let's mm -hmm. see how it, you respond mentally, emotionally, you know, physically to a variety of different partners. And of course, that was absolutely terrifying. Um, as I said, probably for even the first two years. Mm -hmm. So why did I keep going back? I don't know. There was something about the art that just was so seductive for me. And mm -hmm. even though I was still suffering with pretty much my symptoms had not changed. I still had the same level of symptoms and uh, hypervigilance and insomnia, stress, anxiety that I had um, before I started training. But then all of a sudden I realized it wasn't as, as sharp. It wasn't as mm. brutal as it had been before. And so it was such a gradual shift of as I was gaining confidence and I was gaining courage. 
And I was having fun at the same time because I had this incredible relationship with everybody at the dojo until, you know, it was almost like I woke up one day and went, holy crap, I'm halfway to a black belt. I never wanted a black belt. I never wanted a yellow belt. I didn't even want a white belt, but it came with the uniform. So I had to take it. You know, I didn't want any of that crap. I just wanted to take a few classes and move on with my life and get the hell out of the dojo and back to ballet class. But, you know, and it, it was just amazing. It was just a, an incredible transition that was so subtle and so insidious, but in, in a good way that, um, you know, it, I can't even describe how it happened. And then, you know, one day it was just like, I haven't had any triggers. I haven't had any, you know, hypervigilance. I didn't have any trauma. I mean, I was scared of my own shadow, Stefan, before I started training. I really was. It was so bad that my husband traveled a lot for work. And when he would be out of town, I couldn't even sleep in the bedroom by, you know, by myself with all my dogs. At the time I was doing rescue, I'd six dogs at the time. It was terrifying. So I would sleep in the family room on the floor with all my dogs like tucked in around me, snoring peacefully. And I'd be wide awake with all the lights blazing in every freaking room in the house. And I knew the door was right out there if, if I had to make a quick exit. Um, but then something so funny happened. And I think it was about, oh, about the level of green or blue belt. I can't remember. When my husband would leave town and I would wake up and then I was back in the bed in the bedroom I'd wake up in the middle of the night and I would slip out of bed and I would start prowling in my own house in the dark so it would be dark and I would be just tiptoeing and I'd be moving and picking out different corners and looking you know in the deep dark little spaces of every every room and looking out the window into the dark and it was just, it was really crazy, but it just felt like it was so fun. And I could feel that, that ninja energy, that ninja spirit and being grounded and moving like, like, like a big cat, like, like, you know, like a panther, like a, a snow leopard, something like that. <laughs> crazy, isn't it? Not at all. The reason I'm laughing is because whilst I admitted to the jujitsu side of things, I actually also uh, uh, started ninjas. And I also, uh, <laughs> I feel exactly the same, <laughs> going, quiet, uh, going very quiet uh, around the house um, mm -hmm. and actually feeling your weight slowly shifting your your feet gently finding the next step without making mm -hmm. a noise and mm -hmm. you know, so I, when i say love uh, when i love here then it is really because i know the power that lies within the movement and within you taking back control because that mm -hmm. is really what was happening there you were yes. no longer the victim you right. became the survivor initially yeah. reluctantly and then more, and more <laughs> empowered and then you became the thriver because mm -hmm. you now took over control and mm -hmm. you were prowling you were no longer the victim being stalked you were prowling you became the predator and at least a huge mind shift was occurring there mm -hmm. and your body was developing in a different way mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it is it's beautiful to see you as a as a woman and probably a woman not probably a woman of a smaller stature um be developing that warrior spirit because mm -hmm. size does make uh, well make some 
some difference, but there are huge advantages in small size, mm-hmm. um, as I already alluded to. So mm-hmm. for you to be to be to finding yourself as the best at tiger at in the night, mm-hmm. that must have been once that realization hit home that that, that yeah. was occurring. That must have been such it a was power beautiful, trip, wasn't it? It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, I, I still this is so funny. And you know, this a lot of the story is, of course, in the book. But you know, it, the the funniest thing is that even as I was, you know, starting to go up the ranks a little bit, you know, even like lower ranks, and starting to, you know, do my tests and and going to another belt level, and I would always there were like two or three other women at the dojo at the time, but they like as I said, they were doing evening classes, and I asked. Mark one time, you know, why didn't they come to this seminar when your teacher came into town? Oh, well, you know, this one's taking a break and this one's taking a break. And I'm like, why is everybody taking a break? And then I found out that one of the higher ranking students who actually made it to the level of brown belt uh, had a horrible accident, broke her leg when she did a throw badly with one of the big guys in the dojo. Yeah, he didn't tell me that before I stepped onto the mat, which is probably good. And the other one, something happened. I don't know what. And so she, you know, disappeared. So I would always, when we're I'm training, surrounded by all these guys, big sweaty men, mm. and I would always keep like looking toward the door. And it's like, you know what? One of these days, a woman is going to walk through that door. A woman who is, you know, strong and powerful, and she's going to rise up in the ranks very quickly. And then she can take me under her wing. She can be my mentor, my teacher, my advisor, and she can be a role model for other women. And I just kept waiting for that woman to show up. And it was, I know, it was probably the level of brown belt that it was just one of those mental head smacking moments that almost knocked me over. That it was like, oh my God, that woman has been here all along. That woman was me and I had no idea. And there I was at that point, because, you know, as I got my power back and do it and turned from this terrified, traumatized, broken, you know, little woman to this, this warrior, the warrior queen, and to the teacher, and to the mentor. Mm. And I became a teacher and a mentor and an advisor to the women who were now starting to come to the dojo. So the new students, but even with the men, and even the men who are higher ranking, they would come to me, they treated me kind of like, I don't know, maybe it was the school mascot, uh, annoying little sister, wise older woman, you know, awesome sex goddess, Uh you know, I mean, I I got it all, but they would come to me for advice on things like, you know, what to get their girlfriend or their wives for their birthday, where to take them out to dinner, how to launder their own gi for the single men. And, you know, it was really just pretty, pretty amazing. (laughs) And empowering. uh, And and in a nice way. So, and for some women, power is is a dirty word um mm-hmm. how were your own core beliefs prior to that uh, you were more saying girl uh, i'm a girl i i like the pink and the nice things was there also a subservient side a a um oh no 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 i was never subservient subservient and that got me into trouble a lot of times you know even as a little kid like I said right. you know i was 
you know, I had a very stubborn streak, still do. And there was always, I always had the feeling, you know, you can't tell me what to do or go ahead and tell me what you want me to do. And I'm going to do the opposite. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So, you know, I was never subservient. um, But I will say that after the, the trauma, I was definitely... I had lost all of my, I had lost myself. I mean, I lost my sense of myself. I lost any, that snark. And I knew the snark was coming back when I had only been at the dojo maybe for a couple of weeks, um, maybe a month, maybe two, I don't remember. Um, But my husband, who really isn't like Mr. Observation, he's not very observative sometimes. And he said to me, I came home from the dojo and I was just bubbling and talking about what we did that day in class. And he just looked at me and says, you know, I really think that this is really good for you. I I, I see it in you. I I can tell that you you look better. You look like you, you sound better. And I says, yeah, I really do. We had this little conversation about it. And then finally I said, and you know what, Mike, do you know what the best part is? And he said, what? And I said, it's a great way to meet men. And he was like chopping something up for dinner. And he says, without missing a beat, he says, whatever makes you happy, honey. That's a man. That is a man. That's a man. And I give him so much credit because he never had any qualms about sending me off to the dojo, you know, and um, when the guys started calling me, you know, and I'd look at my phone, I said, "Ah, it's one of my boyfriends. He goes, which one? And, you know, so it was kind of like a joke. And I'll never forget the first time one of the guys called me again, I'm not used to all of this relationship with men having male friends. And he called me and he says, Hey, you want to work out, you know, after, or, you know, on Sunday, this time it's like, Oh yeah. Okay. And then he goes, okay, see you then, bye. And I'm holding the phone going, I never knew. You could have an entire conversation with a couple of monosyllables, a few grunts, and a see you at the end of it. And I'm holding that phone, just looking at it going, where's the drama? Because with all my girlfriends, there was, you know, it's like, okay, make yourself a cup of tea, get comfortable. This is going to be an hour, two hours of all this drama. But it was like, this is so cool. I absolutely love this. Nice, nice. And again, that's power because you actually did not need to escalate your adrenaline and you found actually Mm -hmm. ways, ultimately, I mean, it's such a powerful way for you to go into the dojo to work out. And Mm -hmm. with working out, your many of the tensions disappear for you in on the mat uh, in your movement taking control but also mm-hmm. um dealing with a perpetrator a potential perpetrator mm-hmm. because that what is what your mind would have played in mm-hmm. front of you constantly um to this was this was power this was pure power mm-hmm. it was certainly to have the- to have that much control yeah. over your mind your body, your spirit, your emotions. You know, it's like you said, it's nothing, but it's its not only powerful, it's so serene. Correct. You know, you just kind of like serenity now, here it is. You know, I'm in this moment and I've, I'm in the middle of a circle with all these guys surrounding me who want to attack me. It's a safe place, but it's still scary. Mm-hmm. And it was like, you learn how to keep that calm and uh, focus. 
Wow. How did that translate into your life? Because oh. you were you were on on the dojo and within the vicinity of the dojo, you became you you changed already from victim to survivor to thriver mm -hmm. to mentor. So that's the mm -hmm. full circle, really, from that you're sort of going, giving back. Mm -hmm. How did it change in your life? Well, I um, got rid of a few relationships. Interesting. I actually, oh yes, I actually had my best and dearest friend of 30 years that I had to break up with. And think about this, Stefan, if you've been that close, I mean, and we were very close, we we're like tied at the hip to the point where it was like, I need a couple more friends in my life. I mean, and, and as I was going through my training, I could see how controlling and manipulative and how toxic this friendship had become. And I would try and redirect the friendship, you know, evade, deflect and redirect like I learned in my martial arts. And she was having none of it. And she even told me one time she did not like the way I was acting and what is wrong with you. And I thought, okay, this is it. We're, we're done. But how do you tell somebody that you've been best and dearest friends with for, for 30 years that you haven't liked them for the past 15 and you've been trying to figure out a way to break up with them for the past 10? Ooh. And finally, it was like, okay, this is it. We're, we're done. And uh, yeah, so once I did that, it was so amazing because once I got her out of my life, all of these beautiful people started showing up in my, you know, more women friends that were not sucking the life out of me. I mean, it, it was just great. It was great. So it gave me more of a sense of, you know, self-awareness. It gave me more of a sense of how to establish very strong boundaries even, you know, going home to my family, you know, because I live here in Denver and I'm originally from a small steel town outside of Pittsburgh and even going home for family events, you know, I mean, there's a lot of drama in our house, believe me, five girls. Um, I was able to be able to remove myself and not be in the way of all of the hits and the drama. And then even I was able to use my martial arts skills, even when um, my parents were both sick at the same time. So I was traveling back and forth, trying still to keep my private practice going. In every single thing that I do, the martial training pops up sometimes even in the grocery store and how I'm making my selections. Or even it's like, you know what? This person's been following me and I know it. And I'll just kind of turn and I'll look at him and look directly into his eyes. And all of a sudden they look down and they scooch away. Crazy, but it's it's in every facet of my life, and I couldn't imagine. Well, of course, I wouldn't know because I wouldn't know what I didn't know. But I couldn't imagine not having this this gift, this gift, and that's you know how trauma sometimes pre presents itself or a traumatic experience. It's horrible when you're going through it. Um, you know, you would rather you know do anything to get away from the pain, but then as you start integrating it, let's say, or assimilating and finding the many hidden gems and blessings that come out of either a bad experience, an illness or whatever. It's so beautiful on the other side. And you just mentioned it, you just said it, you, you said it perfectly. This is uh, when the trauma happens, and immediately after the trauma, it does not make mm -hmm. sense. But you 
essentially maneuvered yourself into a position where now you could see the positive. And that mm-hmm. takes a huge amount of healing and a huge mm-hmm. amount of change within yourself. Mm-hmm. Many, many, far too many women and men mm-hmm. stay in that victim role, stay in that role and mm. try to escape their reality, not deal mm-hmm. with it at all. And I think to a certain degree, that is what happened to me. Whilst I did mm-hmm. the martial arts and whilst I got better in my martial arts, it was still mm-hmm. the darkness didn't actually lift. Maybe mm-hmm. I actually reinforced the darkness by constantly yeah. working out, imagining being attacked, working through the attack. Yes, knowing how I take down an opponent, stop a perpetrator. Mm-hmm. But at the same token, I was still living in the darkness, being attacked mm-hmm. on and on and on. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, there was not this breakthrough uh, with regards mm-hmm. to my PTSD. So that was an interesting one if I compare the two of our stories here. Mm-hmm. Having said that, um, it is interesting because we both changed our PTSD symptoms towards something positive. We both took mm-hmm. took different paths, but we I became... Uh, very, uh, I had a high degree of situational awareness, no longer with regards mm-hmm. to expecting a knife attack or something like that out of mm-hmm. the blue, but more with regards to my job as a doctor. So I I translated this situational awareness, this hypervigilance into my daily mm-hmm. life. And that was actually a beautiful thing. So I masqueraded mm-hmm. or I, I'm, I looked at the symptoms of PTSD in a different way and used mm-hmm. them to my advantage. Mm-hmm. When did is the is do you still suffer from PTSD symptoms? No, no, it's completely gone. No. Your sleep has has become normal again. Mm-hmm. Wow, that yeah, that um, I, it's hard for me to even believe that it's been so long. And actually, the anniversary, if you want to call it that, to, is coming up um, tomorrow. It'll be twenty two years that it happened. Uh And, you know, I used to get really squirrely, let's just put it to you that way. Uh, This time of year, you know, when the the days start to get cooler, or or, um, the days start to get shorter, and the nights get cooler, and you can hear the the sounds of fall starting to come, uh, come on, and even the smells and the trees and everything changing. And I would go like bat crap crazy right about then. And that happened for a long, you know, quite a few years. Um, and you know, it doesn't even face me now. It's like, oh, this is fantastic. You know, it's getting cooler. It's September. My birthday's in September. Um, you know, it's just all those wonderful things to look forward to the, you know, the, the trees are changing and it's going to be Halloween and pumpkins and just, you know, it's, it's a, to me, the fall is almost like a rebirth and it always had been, and that had been taken away from me. A lot of things have been taken away from me, but it's like, not only did I take what was taken from me not only did i reclaim it and take it back took a whole lot more (laughs) and it's beautiful it's beautiful to hear that because that is exactly the journey of healing that's exactly the journey of empowerment of transformation of building an integrity that you never thought you you possibly could Mm -hmm. have um Mm -hmm. so it is beautiful to hear this to see this this new this new version 2.0 
uh, arriving on this earth, the the, mm -hmm. the the phoenix literally growing out of the ashes, and mm -hmm. that's that's amazing. That's beautiful to see. Thank you, and I, you know, I I I try not to dwell on it very much, but there's a part of me every now and again that says, "Oh my God, what if Mark had given up on me? What if yeah. he finally said?" <laughs> you know, she'll never get on the mat. And I even asked him once, I think it was probably recently, I said, you know, I said, well, you never thought I was ever going to train, let alone end up being, you know, your highest ranking female right now, I'm the highest ranking student in the dojo. And he says, you know, I always thought that you would do it. He said, I had no idea you'd go this far. He says, but I always had a, a feeling that you would do it. But what if he had given up on me? What if he stopped pushing me? And where would I be right now? It's beautiful. It's mm -hmm. beautiful. Oh, how do you keep being motivated? I think having been in dojos, you see people coming and going. They are there for a few weeks, mm -hmm. maybe a few months, and then they're gone because either life interferes or uh, God knows many, many reasons. Mm -hmm. How did you keep going? Boy, and what that do you, is a fantastic do do, question. What do you do on a, on a day when you don't want to train? I go anyway. <laughs> I mean, I just show up, you know, if it's dojo day and if I have something scheduled, if I have um, an interview, if I've got, you know, book event, if I've got something else that I've got to do, well then, okay, that takes, uh, I will skip class. But if there's nothing else on my schedule and it's like, oh, I just don't feel like going, it's like just, you know, just do it. Mm. And once I get to the dojo, you know, and start moving, yeah, I feel, you know, it's like, oh, I'm so glad I came. But yeah, as far as how do I keep motivated? Well, I actually, I did have a three-year hiatus. I did stop training for three years, and it was a very difficult decision for me. It was really, really hard. And again, the story is in the book. I'll, I won't bore you with the details. But, you know, even when you have a good relationship with your sensei, with your dojo, stuff happens. And, you know, the road, the path to awareness is not always, you know, smooth. Let's just put it to you that way. So there were a lot of times when I was actually re-triggered. And, you know, I felt like once or twice it was actually inten intentional. And that was really hard to get over. And then finally, it was probably about, it was in 2016, and I was like, you know what, I've had it, I'm over this, I'm done. And I told Mark, I said, I'm just going to take a year-long hiatus. Mm. No, I said I was going to take a hiatus. And he says, well, how long of a hiatus? And I said, I don't know, as long as I need or want. And he says, well, don't make it too long, because after three months, students usually don't come back. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to listen to you right now because I was pretty upset with him and I says well we'll just see what happens so it was three years and then you know it's like the siren call you know the the siren song um I started training again in 2019 in the fall mm. and then of course COVID hit and it was like off and on off and on off and on and at this point you know restrictions are pretty much lifted everywhere so I've been training regularly and I am working toward my third degree or my third level black belt wow wow okay did you it's interesting that you return to the same same dojo um 
There was no place else to go. I looked at other arts. I looked at, you know, there was, um, there is a a ninjutsu school that looked pretty good, but it's way up in Boulder, North Boulder. It would have taken me an hour to get there and an hour home. Um, There, you know, and the quality of our training, you know, and again, this is, my sensei is really good. Sometimes I want to smack him upside the head, but I'm sure he feels the same way about me. Um, Our training is so good. That nobody else, and I had taken seminars and done, you know, like maybe some self-defense classes for women at other places just to see and to test it out. Nobody has the the level of training, and I don't mean that we're beating each other up. The quality is so good that there was no other option. It was either you stop or, you know, you keep going, and uh, I needed that break. So the three years gave me even a different perspective and more perspective on what I'm doing. Mm. And that is, again, that is the journey of healing. Uh, that mm-hmm. It's not a straightforward shoot an arrow and that's your path. Yeah. Uh, no, it is actually yeah. meandering and it goes all over the show. And there are detours. And, you know, it is it is an ongoing journey. And that journey might include new challenges, might include mm-hmm. new trauma. That mm-hmm. might be an injury. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I'd, I certainly ended up on the receiving end of a of a, of a defense against a roundhouse kick, which uh, left my toes bruised and I couldn't train for quite some mm-hmm. time. And it was ouch. Um, yeah. So these kind of things suddenly, oh my god, oh my god. And that was yeah. when I was young. That was a god yeah. in my twenties. But yeah. injuries do occur. They also occur now. I'm in my fifties, so I'm mm-hmm. I'm quite conscious of that mm-hmm. and a bit afraid of that and that's mm-hmm. that's you yeah. know the times are changing in your life does that yeah. mean that i therefore no longer should even consider uh mm-hmm. training no mm-hmm. on the contrary on the flip side but i might mm-hmm. just have to adapt the way i look at things also it is my relationship to violence has mm-hmm. changed Mm-hmm. it is uh and it's 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 a constantly changing thing because mm-hmm. for a while you feel very safe and feel very good mm-hmm. and then you suddenly start looking around and you actually see more and more violence occurring mm-hmm. certainly and unfortunately in our society um right. there is not a, a day when there are not ram raids on on shops or um right. gunshots being fired now in new zealand with gang warfare mm-hmm. and that's something that people here are not used to so yeah. for me it's uh- beautiful it's beautiful that I can reevaluate my yeah. stance towards violence yeah. and have the the insights to accept mm-hmm. that there are things that I cannot change, mm-hmm. that I cannot. Unfortunately, we're pretty used to it here in the States. Mm. Um, but, it, you know, it does change the way I do certain things. You know, I, I mean, I, I'm more of a homebody than I ever used to be. Um, you know, I don't go out to concerts or, you know, like ballparks or because I, I don't enjoy it and I don't like crowds. And I don't know if that's just because, you know, I'm in my 60s now and I've had enough of crowds in my life. Mm. But or if it's just I like I like being where it's quiet. I like being home. Um, but it's like it's just not worth it. It's not worth the drive, the parking. And then when you think of all of these situations that are happening mm. in these big crowds and how vulnerable and how right. exposed you really are, to me, it's not worth it. Mm. And even if, you know, if I walk into a grocery store, 
and I see something I don't like, I'll just turn around and leave. It's like I'm feeling a vibe that is not comfortable. So you do develop that sixth sense. Your intuition gets a lot more clear and, and a lot more developed, which is so is, important. Indeed. And this is not, oh, my God, I'm afraid. Oh, my, I'm afraid. There's I, constantly this something could happen. That's not what we're talking about. It is really mm -hmm. a, an awareness that mm -hmm. is not immediately obvious, but that becomes a a something that is that is part of you, mm -hmm. something that is an integral part of you, and it's mm -hmm. beautiful. I love it, and I hate it, because it yeah. means also mm -hmm. if I can get still triggered very easily with regards to that vigilance. So sometimes mm -hmm. I get false positives coming through. Um, the worst thing you can do is that little, a little noise in the night. Yeah. <laughs> a yeah. little noise. Well, yeah. Where, where's that noise coming from? What's that noise? Yeah, where is that coming from? As an mm -hmm. anesthetist, I respond to alarms. It goes ping, ping, ping in theater all the time. Mm -hmm. And But all mm -hmm. these things mean something. So therefore, right. if there's a ping, ping, Hello, hello. I'm awake. Just as much as a mum, she she hears the baby turning over, and she right. is awake. The right. same stuff is happening mm -hmm. in our lives, but I mm -hmm. I wouldn't actually have it any other way. Mm -hmm. uh, and I love it because it puts me into control. Uh, I'm mm -hmm. in control of the situation as much as I can be. What? Mm -hmm. I mean, you are you're doing such beautiful work. You're writing now. You're going out there and sharing your your newfound awareness with other mm -hmm. women. You said mm -hmm. yourself that now women are coming to your dojo, and mm -hmm. uh, in order to become more self confident and mm -hmm. more aware of their own powers. Mm -hmm. What are you working on as far as your own self-development is concerned? Oh, my goodness. Uh, well, like I said, I'm working toward my third level, um, Black Belt. Um, I am, of course, working on my podcast. I have fantastic guests on my show. <clears throat> Stefan, um, so great people that I'm connecting with. It's just so much fun. Uh, I am working uh, with some clients online. I had closed my physical office um, in 2017. I'm teaching workshops and classes around town here in Denver. Hmm. And I'm actually, well, I'm doing something that's really kind of crazy. Um, and I'm not even sure if I should admit it or not. But yes, um, yes, you do. Are you sure? <laughs> yes, I'm very sure. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so when I turned 58, I decided it was time to start engaging in more age appropriate activities. Oh. What is that? An age appropriate activity activity. I start I started pole dancing. Absolutely. Now that's age appropriate. Mm -hmm. I like that. <laughs> there you go. Okay. So basically right now I am um, training for a competition. So I'm going to be doing a competition in October. Um, yeah. And I did my first competition three years ago. It was 2019. And, you know, I, people just keep dragging me into things that I don't want to do. <laughs> I have a wonderful pole coach. I love her. She's wonderful. She has a pole studio actually in her basement. She doesn't live far from me. And so she coaches people. And, uh, and I had hired her just to get over some of the scary stuff. Because you think about it, Stefan, there's a pole, a metal pole, you know, a hard floor, 
your head, what could possibly go wrong, right? So you better know what you're doing. So, and me being very meticulous and and a very strong self uh, sense of self-preservation, I wanted to make sure I never got injured. So she just loved me right from the very beginning. And she kept saying, you need to perform, you need to perform, you need to perform. And I'm like, that is never going to happen. So it was one day I walked into her, her studio and she looked at me and she, she's a beautiful young woman and she had this big smile on her face and she was actually doing this. And she says, there's something I want you to do. And I just mirrored her and I said, no, I'm not going to perform. And she said, no, I don't want you to perform. I want you to compete. And I bust out laughing. And I said, that is never going to happen. And six months later, I found my sorry butt on stage, you know, with the polls and everything like, how in the world did I get here? You know, and it was so terrifying. But talk about putting yourself out of your comfort zone. You know, after you do that, what's the worst that's going to happen to you? Oh, right? that's priceless. That's and I did win. I did win. But, yeah, I did win. There were only three of us in our category because apparently there aren't that many women over 50 who want to compete doing poll, uh, but I won. Okay, let's be very, very clear. Some of the viewers here might not even know what the hell we are talking about. Pole dancing is indeed a form of a very um, acrobatic and very um, focused uh, dancing that of course emphasizes the the beauty of a woman and mm -hmm. and maybe a certain degree of sexuality there uh, mm -hmm. absolutely um but ultimately it is a sport uh that is incredibly demanding that yes. even men do okay yes. so let's be we quite clear about exactly mm -hmm. let's be quite clear about that um uh -huh. if you look at that there is actually quite a, 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 a there's a, a lovely pole dancer out there and he must be in his 50s early 60s big bushy beard and oh. <laughs> it's oh, it's lovely and you see him there doing pretzels all kind of thing on the pole I love it. and you just have to say wow man here you go <laughs> yeah yeah so it's amazing and so i always sometimes i'll call it you know a fit pole oh, or right. pole sport because yeah. it is it's it's fitness and it's sport and it's dance all wrapped up in one of course everybody thinks of like you know naughtiness but um and we get a little bit naughty but um it's just the hardest thing I've ever done. And I've done Correct. some really hard things in my life. But, you know, once you put yourself that far out of your comfort zone, it was about a, a week and a half after that competition yeah. that I was doing a presentation to a professional group, you know, speech and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, you always get really nervous. And I mean, I was like, this is going to be a piece of cake. This is nothing compared to what I did, you know, on stage. Yeah. So it puts a lot of things into perspective as well. So that's that, what I'm up to. And that is beautiful. So you are basically exposing yourself to new things that mm -hmm. continuously challenge you. And that mm -hmm. is how you grow. That is mm -hmm. where you're constantly outside of your comfort zone. And that's where the magic exactly. happens. Uh, you're no exactly. longer just sitting on the couch and, and just letting right. things happen. The moment you're right. out there, you're taking control and you're making mm -hmm. mistakes. And there might oh, be yeah. interesting experiences. And there might be yes. muscles that you start find to her uh, sorry that you that you feel are hurting where you didn't know you had muscles okay and that's fine. yes <laughs> so it's beautiful it's absolutely beautiful you're living you're out there you're going out there and taking taking the the bull by its horns it's gorgeous mm -hmm. and i think that better makes... taking 
better taking the bull by the horns than the bull by the other things if you know well, what i mean yeah true <laughs> True. Dude, I, so many answers I could come up with. I now, know, I know. I'm not... sorry I segued into that. <laughs> we had to go there. <laughs> I know. No, and um... and that was back, uh, that that was actually uh, more of a, a sly little reference to a story that you told me when you were on my show. <laughs> okay. Uh, I think the reality is for us, we are both, we have transformed from victims into mm-hmm. people that are quirky, nerdy, that are ourselves unashamedly. Mm-hmm. There is an mm-hmm. authenticity now in us that mm-hmm. certainly was completely absent when I was mm-hmm. in the midst of my darkness. There, mm-hmm. To compare those things is to compare those two situations, it's night and day. And mm-hmm. I'm now in the day, and I still have got the feeling that actually it's still only morning. The sun has not mm-hmm. even started to to get strong yet, and oh, wow. I I want to explore more. I want mm-hmm. to be out there. I will expose myself more to mm-hmm. to new things. I've started mm-hmm. about a year ago. I started uh, projects every three months. I want to learn a new oh, skill, nice. a new new whatever it is. So mm-hmm. I have done uh, in the past. I have not done much stick fighting. Always uh, interested oh, me. Yeah. So I these three months it's Eskrima uh, and oh, Eskrima is so fun. Oh, it's beautiful. Um, so and initially you do two free two free mm-hmm. things with your stick and then your forearms hurt you meanwhile things mm-hmm. are much easier and it's beautiful it's i can mm-hmm. see myself growing and mm-hmm. i can see myself yearning for it to actually mm-hmm. yearn for something for your heart to to say oh yeah let's let's please come on let's do something mm-hmm. now that is nice compared with i'm tired i'm stagnant yeah. i'm uh mm-hmm. oh i love it i love it mm-hmm. so Oh wow! So here you are. You've got your your show. You have mm-hmm. written two books. Um, mm-hmm. Tell us where can we find out more about you? When people really gel with you and want to to sort of link up with you, where can they find you? Certainly, uh, start at my website. It is just CherylIlove.com. Um, C-H-E-R-Y-L, I-L-O-V. There is no E on the end of I love. Everybody does it just out of habit. Uh, so you can go to my website. You can actually have access to um, three audio recordings. I call it Meditation Through Movement, but it's it's based on a certain form of uh, movement re-education that I studied. Uh, just 20-minute lessons. You can download those if you like. Yeah. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I'm not all that great using it yet and i do have a youtube channel you can find me anywhere if you can't find me you're not looking (laughs) and yeah i made it easy for you look down there into the description of the youtube video of the podcast Mm -hmm. because you find all the links down there gerald you're an amazing woman and it's beautiful to see to feel your passion to feel your to feel your energy uh coming through the the camera there i uh it was i've i've I've, I was uh, smitten and taken when I was a guest on your show. Uh, you're an amazing, uh, amazing host. Um, so, guys, check check her show out. Uh, it's highly, highly recommendable um, because there's so much you translate by having your your guests on your show. You bring out so many beautiful things. 
that mm. help others change their life. You literally Thank make you. this world a better place, one interview at a time. And for that, I, I, kudos to you. Well done for, for doing that with your platform. Well done for empowering women with your books. We have got, uh, we haven't spoken with them in detail, but you guys have seen it throughout the show behind her, mm -hmm. the reluctant ninja. Um, and the other one is, I, I never actually saw the front cover completely. What is she doing with her feet? Why That's she... me. And um, that is forever fit and flexible, feeling fabulous at 50 and That's beyond. Right. That's right. And I'm actually doing a, actually that one, well, this way. There you yeah. go. I'm actually doing a Pilates pose um, uh, called the teaser. And I'm doing it on a picnic table up in the foothills of the Rocky Mountains in Excellent. a little city or a small town called Golden, Colorado. And that was actually, I had no idea. I was even, I wasn't even writing a book at the time we did the photo shoot and the photo shoot ended up being the cover of my first book. And then in that same photo shoot, we had done some pictures with me holding the sword and playing with a sword. And let me tell you something. That made me pretty nervous, unsheathing a, a three-foot-long sword in public. <laughs> Think about that, right? And, you know, my photographer is so sweet. She's, you know, 30 years old, and darn, she's good. And she had her mom was with her helping. And I kept telling the mom, I says, please let me know if you hear any sirens or whatever. I want to put this thing away. But uh, nobody bothered us. It, so turned out okay. <laughs> Oh, please. As a photographer, I've done many shoots like that. We, we talked before. And, yeah. Um, having said that, I typically put a sign up uh, photo shoot or something like that. Oh, that's that's <laughs> <Yeah>. hard. <laughs> but then again, um, we are, it's so beautiful to actually express yourself. And again, this would have been something that not many women like to actually display mm -hmm. themselves in mm -hmm. maybe some vulnerable poses. Uh, yeah. And uh, it is beautiful. So well done. Again, an example you. where you went out there and just did it and actually mm -hmm. organized something that turned out probably to be quite fun, probably to be quite challenging. Uh, so mm -hmm. again, you that has been sort of the story of your life to actually uh, put yourself out there, learn, grow, adapt, change. And that's that's really how we become our better, the better versions of ourselves. So exactly. wow. Guys, you, we hopefully were able to put so many seeds out there into your own mind, how movement can help you, how maybe you sh you might think about the martial arts, you might think about uh, your relationship to violence, your willingness to learn skills that make you stronger in due course and maybe protect you. And with that, I don't just mean the physical skills, far more importantly, the mental skills mm -hmm. of you turning from a victim to a survivor, to a thriver. And that is the, the art of healing. That mm -hmm. is really what we are talking about here. And that is really our strength. So come along onto the journey, guys. It, what have you got to lose? It is, it's all about small changes every day, making the right choices. Um, and every second you've got another opportunity to make a choice so it's actually mm -hmm. beautiful your opportunities mm -hmm. are just there waiting for you to take so go out there live with passion and look after yourself Cheryl to you thank you so much for coming on to my show oh thank you so much for having me Stefan I love talking to you and I really Good. appreciate it thank you for your time 
Look after yourself out there. Bye.